Hey, welcome back. It's season three of Garage Monologues. My name is Jay Swanson, and you've probably been listening for a while if you haven't already. If you're hearing this or seeing it, it means that you're on the public feed, which means that this episode came out about six months ago for my patrons. And if you'd like to get on top of that, if you'd like to see these episodes as they come out, support the show, help me to keep it going, because, you know, it's, it's everything's up in the air this year. There are a lot of big changes coming, but let me know over on patreon.com slash jswanson. You can support the show. You can listen to all the episodes from this season right now. You don't have to wait, or you can continue listening to them as they drop every other week for the next five or six months. It's the season of becoming French, and there's a lot of cheese that gets eaten in this season. I hope you enjoy it. Swanson. I never really use the clap, to be honest, to sync up the audio. Sleepy Bubba, you know. Anyways, we'll get a little bit of Cooper in the bottom of the screen here. Welcome to Garage Monologues, season ten. Wait, season three, episode ten, take two. Started this once already. Today, I was going to talk a little bit about the fact that I have uh, checked off the most random bucket list item of all, which is doing a TEDx talk. Um, that may never see the light of day. I actually, I'm, I don't have full confidence that, uh, we'll ever get to show it. I might post it on Patreon in a, in a, a cruddy format because I don't have full confidence that the, they actually managed to record it. Um, there were a lot of technical, we can talk about it. Uh, so there's that. This is the end of the third season and the only season I will be doing this year uh, instead of doing two seasons a year, which because I'm insane, uh, I will be more sane and only do one a year from here on. Uh, if there's another season, which I think there will be, but I'm not 100% sure. So I'm going to talk about the reasons why that might be the case um, in this episode as well. And also admitting defeat on the cheese front because we didn't get through all the cheeses. I tried to with my dad. It was foiled at multiple attempts of that and uh, I will eat those cheeses those last remaining I think 14 cheeses of the 67 but we did a pretty good job I mean eating over 50 uh, protected French cheeses I, that puts me pretty close on you know I think I don't know how many I don't think the average French person has eaten all of them but I don't actually know so I guess we'll have to do a little bit of research on that at some point but we'll get to those cheeses um and yeah, that's kind of what I was going to talk about today was just where things have gone. I'm really excited. There's a lot of really cool stuff happening. Just today, as I record this, the new Paris in My Pocket website has gone live. Really excited about that, which is the first and it's the first major step towards getting the app out uh, because it is the base of the app. Uh, the technology that we're running to run that website is basically um, there's a lot of core elements to what will run the app in there. So that's really, really exciting. Um, lots of work to do. It's been a lot of work just to get this point. So there's a lot to talk about. So let us, uh, I should have like written down to make sure that I don't forget anything. Those are the, what we're going to talk about today is kind of like the, uh, the TEDx talk. We're going to talk about, um, oh, Cooper's sliding off my lap here. It's a really bad angle for you, isn't it, buddy? The TEDx talk, um, the new site slash app. A bit of a recap. Oh gosh, Cooper, you're falling. You're literally falling. Um, uh, it wouldn't be a good episode without uh, random Cooper interruptions, would it? So the TEDx talk, the new site, an app recap, and what what what's coming? Both uh, for sure and possibly. How about that? For sure and maybe. Cool. Well, let's get into the TEDx talk first because. That is kind of the coolest thing. I, I have a hard time talking about it in a way. I haven't really shared about it publicly because, like I said, I'm not fully confident that uh, it'll ever actually be publicly available. I didn't I didn't believe that it was really happening until it happened. Um, and now I don't believe that uh, anyone will ever get to see it. Um, a lot of There were a lot of technical problems on the day. Um, the students that were putting it on were really, really nice. Um, so... To give you the full story, I was going to say to finish that sentence, they're really nice, but also a lot of problems kind of cropped up on the day, some technical difficulties, um, and just kind of left me feeling like, yeah, I, I don't know that this will ever actually see the light of day. Hopefully I'm wrong about that. Um, but it was really cool to do nonetheless. Um, they reached out originally through Instagram and we were just like, who, what is this? Like, 
the uh, the message came from a, a private account, personal account, and I was like, okay, this could this just seems like spam. Uh, so I asked Emily to ask them to email. They did email from uh, a university email address. So Polytechnique was the school that was putting it on. Polytechnique is like um, the way that Pushan puts it is it's kind of like if Harvard Business School um, and MIT got together. I think is how we've. And he's, I don't remember actually how we put it. He's, he's basically that it's like an engineering school, but also like the connectedness of, uh, of Harvard business. It's a very prestigious school. Basically when French people find out that I, I was giving a talk at Polytechnique, they're always like, wow. Um, so that was kind of cool. It was like, oh, okay. But it was also very different than I expected when I finally got out there um, because it's a very small campus um, very remote kind of reminded me of my hometown a little bit just in the, the, quiet campusy vibes of it but also very different so so different like french schools are just it's insane to me how different they are than like the the uh, brick and grassy university uh, universities of my youth i guess and just growing up in the states and so forth but they reached out and they asked hey like would you like to come do um a talk uh and we talked with them they sent us a packet to explain you know how things are going to go really the only direction i got was that the the theme was crossroads it needed to be about 15 minutes long with a max of 18 minutes um and yeah that was it <laughs> and I, I honestly like you know and I, I think i don't know if this is true for everybody but i think it's kind of, one of those things where you grow up well ted talks blew up with youtube right like they became they became or they entered more of a, the public's fear the, the public mind i think with their youtube channel um because ted talks have been around since the 80s it turns out um and obviously moved beyond um technology education and design a while back um but it's one of those things that you're like oh yeah like i would love to give a ted talk someday this isn't a TED talk, TEDx talk, but it, you know, it might as well be in the same vein. And I think my initial response was to be kind of like, well, you know, it's not like it's an actual TED talk, but the reality is that when you look into it, the TEDx talks can, can be, um, some of the ones that you actually do end up watching that can be really valuable. And I didn't want to diminish I, the reason that I immediately am like kind of downplaying it. Now we're getting into my psychology as I ramble here about my TEDx talk, but, um, you know, it was just to be like, well, I mean, if they invited me, then, uh, you know, who am I? It's a problem. Uh, my self-esteem continues to need work. But um, I don't know. It just seemed like a really cool opportunity. And it was like, you know what? Like, this is something I've always wanted to do. Um, I should probably, I'm really busy. I don't really have time for this. But I should probably also really think about it and maybe say yes. So we thought about it. And it was like, you know what? Okay, I've scheduled. I was filming. I am filming a lot for the 2020 a lot of work to do with the app and the website and the, you know, team development. We're, we're probably hiring an intern. There's just a lot going on. Um, and so, but it was like, yeah, this seems like also like a really, really cool opportunity. And uh, I was like, okay, let's do it. But if I'm going to do it, I need to do it right. And so it kind of took up half my time preparing for it, like a lot of brain space, even early on when I wasn't actively really working on it a ton, I was thinking about it all the time doing a lot of brainstorming, writing a lot, um, just little like word clouds or just what are the ideas? What are the title ideas? What are the the different things that are, you know, possible? And it took up a lot of space and it honestly became a big stressor because it just felt like there was a lot of pressure and, and on a crunch too, because I only really had five or six weeks to prepare um, a 15 minute talk. And I, you know, I can riff for 15 minutes. Obviously, I'm going to sit here and talk to the microphone for 30 minutes, but this is a podcast where you tune in to expect me to do a little bit of rambling, get interrupted by Cooper a little bit, chat about life. You never know exactly what you're getting, but you know it's just going to be me possibly wasting time. <laughs> uh, hopefully not, but, it, you know, the pressure is different. And with the TED Talk, it feels like it's it's a performance. It feels like it should be a good story. It should be really home, homing in on one main point, um, really should only be about one idea and, um, and then everything around it should be concisely actually building up to that. So that, that, that demands some writing. And if it's going to be something that's it's out of my comfort zone, I haven't, I may, I enjoy public speaking, um, enough, but like, 
memorizing something would be next level. And of course I chose to do that because I was like, I could get up and bullet point this, but I don't want to take any risks with the riffing. And I'd really want to, if I'm going to get up and talk about anything to do with storytelling, um, being a part of my life, whatever I feel like, or writing or whatever, I should show up and, and demonstrate it. I shouldn't, I shouldn't wing this or half-ass it. I want to whole ass it. So I did. The comfort zone levels being one, I'm not comfortable with memorizing stuff. I've, it's been a long time since I've really memorized anything. I've played around with it a little bit, but um, haven't memorized anything in a long time. So I was like, okay, I really want to do this right. Um, and then obviously just getting up and doing that on stage is also pretty next level. So I settled on, I, I made a video by this title before, but the idea I think was the most relevant. It's like, well, how do you, I wrote about this in the newsletter. So you may have already seen that by the time this comes out. Um, patrons will get this the day after that newsletter goes out. And then um, then the rest of you will get this in like six months, I guess. So who knows? You you know by now whether or not the talk actually came out and because you've hopefully seen it. If it did, and if you are just finding out that I did a TEDx talk now, then you're like, then yeah, definitely never came out, which I think is on the nose and we'll, we'll get to that. But basically I just looked at it and I was like, okay, like how do I approach this to speak to the students in the room? Cause it's going to be at a university. Um, you know, what is it that younger Jay hopefully would have heard, but probably wouldn't have, if you know me, like I, I guess I needed to blunt, blunt force my way through so much of blunt force brute force my way through so much of life here um but you know like if they they i thought about talking about a whole bunch of different stuff and i was like well youtube is why they are inviting me like they found me this way um you know that's what's going to be the most interesting to them it doesn't mean i have to talk about youtube but i definitely need to loop that in and the theme is crossroads and like i knew i didn't have to like really hammer on that but i was like well i'd like to respect that and come back to it so all my friends uh, Kate in particular was just like, Oh, you're perfect for that. Then like crossroads, you've, you've come to all kinds of crossroads and made all kinds of decisions, not necessarily always the best ones. Um, but I didn't really see it that way. I was really struggling to be like, yeah, but what I guess for me again, the, on the self-esteem side, I was like, I don't really respect myself or my own story as much as I probably should to be giving this talk. So I kind of, I kind of circled around, you know, well, well, then what do I say? And eh, who cares? And who cares about what I have to say and blah, blah, blah for a while. And then, yeah, it just kind of came down to, that, okay, well, I'm going to just tell my story and I'm going to tell it like how kind of like not how I became a YouTuber, but why I think that where I'm at is enough. The, the whole, like the main thing that's been freeing for me in the last few months has been really finally, well, finally, I'm going to keep struggling with this for the rest of my life, but getting to a place where I really appreciate what I have and I see it as enough. Like I see myself as enough, like I am enough um, in the sense of being accepted and loved and the work that I produce, what I do for a living, how the money that I make, the lifestyle that I have is phenomenal. It's, it is enough. Like I don't need more. It doesn't mean that I give up on my dreams of having more of building more of doing more like there's so much fun stuff left to do in life so I don't have to stop but like I also don't have to you know keep living in that future I can live today I can enjoy today and then hopefully build a better future by better enjoying today so that's kind of what I kept circling around was the idea of enough I had a lot of really like <laughs> dark ideas about like the the way that the world is going blah 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 kind of stuff I definitely struggled a little bit with the ethics of giving a TEDx talk in the midst of what feels like really trying times. But I tried to remove myself from that. Not so much because I think that like, yeah, I think obviously there's, we need to, who knows? It's so hard. It's so overwhelming. All the things we need to be aware of and taking action on right now. And instead it was like, well, how can I, how can I provide hope in the midst of like a really uncertain future to kids that like may not really know where their place is in the world because the world has already changed so much recently and is going to change so dramatically in the coming years, as far as we can tell. And I, I guess it, then that also came down to like that idea of belief, like believing in yourself. 
Like we, the only person that really matters in that sense is you, you know, you, if you believe in yourself, like I've always believed, despite having struggles admittedly with my, um, self-esteem, like at the same time, I've always believed in myself that, that I was special, that there was something that I could offer to the world that I would succeed at. Um, Otherwise, I never, I wouldn't have kept going. I wouldn't keep going. And so how do we look in inward? How do we look into ourselves and remember that, like, that is what matters most? It doesn't matter if anybody else believes in you. Obviously, you need a reality check probably at some point. Like, we don't want to have misguided beliefs in ourselves. I am never going to, you know, be a, um, you know, like a NFL linebacker or, you know, a Marvel superhero or something. But um, that doesn't mean that I can't do some pretty crazy and amazing things. So, yeah, those are kind of the cruxes of like, okay, what does it mean to have enough and to live, you know, vibrantly in the present? But also what does it mean to believe in yourself in the midst of, really trying times and a lot of self-doubt and a lot of doubt from others. Like maybe nobody else believes in you. Nobody sees in you what you see in yourself. How do you persist? So that was kind of the crux of the, of the, the thought process, I guess, ultimately. And so I came back to that title from the video that I made, which was you don't have to blow up to make it because I think I grew up, so much of the, the, the those expectations on myself, so many of the big dreams weren't even really dialed into what I really wanted. They were just like, oh, this is what it's related enough to what I think I want. And being a superstar of some sort uh, clearly is the, the sign of success. It's the, the goal ultimately. But, you know, if you stop and think about it just for a few seconds, it's completely unattainable to be, you know, the next Brad Pitt or something like that. Um. And so, but then again, yeah, that, that, that's the thing. You don't have to be like I, to, I can, I'm so lucky to have what I do have. So that, that's what I just sat down to try and write. Okay. Well, how do I tell this story? I, there were a couple different ways of approaching it. Like I thought about approaching the myths of like, you know, um, a thousand true fans, which has some truth to it for sure. But like there's elements of it, the oversimplification of it, I feel like, and the way that we handle it of like, oh, you just need to find a thousand fans and. It's like so much more complicated than that. And so maybe we should, I could talk about that and like look at the myth of um, the alpha wolf and how the idea of the alpha wolf has been kind of co-opted in this weird way. And the original author of it, you know, spent so long trying to get it out of print, the book that he initially wrote that concept in and, and like contrasting those. And then it just didn't really work and it just wasn't, it didn't really line up and I couldn't really find what I was looking for in the research. And I was like, yeah, maybe. And, yeah, kind of like the hypotheses that I set out with, I disproved and was like, oh, like I disproved my own, not my own ideas entirely, but they just weren't strong enough. And so I kind of just circled around until I landed on the story. And I found that I found, I was looking through some quotes, I think from a book that I read about actually like the, it's called How to Hide an Empire. And it's a really good book about the American like pointillist empire, but the idea of how America moved away from old world colonialism into what we uh, have today and, uh, and in there, they talked about the, he was talking about the influence of American military bases around the world and how the military base just outside of Liverpool was the largest air base in the world, um, or at least in Europe. Um, and that influx of Americans and the money and the culture and so forth had such an outsized impact on the community. And that's where so many bands got started and that's where the Beatles got started. And so that's actually where I found the reference, the initial reference to the story that I told in the talk. If you've seen it, if you haven't, this is not, I guess this is out of context. Probably should, I don't even know how to go about talking about a talk that you may not have seen, but I ended up sharing the story about the Beatles, um, Paul McCartney writing a story in his or a song that his old band before the Beatles recorded and how that song vanished, the album vanished into obscurity and then was discovered again in the early two thousands and declared the most valuable in the world. Um, you know, and, and just trying to find, it was a fun story. And so I did some research and kind of dug, dug up some more information about it and crafted that into mind. And just to say that like, yeah, we have these stories that we grow up with where small town kids write songs that um, get, 
resurfaced later and are worth, you know, million, not millions at the time, hundreds of thousands. Um, because they made it, you know, they, they blew up and they made it and, and that we don't need to do that to make it like we can live such good lives if we just take the time to define success for ourselves and define that based off what we really want and really get to what we want by asking ourselves why it is we want the things we think we want. Why is it that I think I want to be a movie director or a rock star or whatever? What is not a rock star, but why is it that I think about wanting a chateau? Why is it that I want this castle? Like what are the real reasons underneath that? the things that I'm really looking to have. And then once we dig into it, like we find that, or I found that I really was close to having the things that I always wanted, um, that I didn't need to have superstardom success to have the things I actually wanted. And in fact, the superstardom stuff, if it was even possible, would I really even want that? I don't, I don't know that I would. So that was kind of the crux of the talk and the idea of it. And the, you know, I rehearsed a lot. I practiced a lot to memorize this thing. It was a lot of text. Um, and, oh man, like it was good. I, I mean, you know, like I had just basically a couple weeks at most to rehearse it after I finished writing it. Cause I drafted it multiple times and honed in on it and probably rehearsed it a good hundred times. And even the day before I went out to Polytechnique to see where everything was and they opened the room for us to rehearse the day before, got to meet um, the people putting it on. And um, I mean, it was a long ways out. It was like an hour and a half trip, hour and 10 minutes with like a really steep walk up a hill at the end to get to the campus. And, you know, in a lot of ways it was funny because like I was expecting this really big auditorium. Like they had a 700 seater set out for us. And in the end, the school didn't provide it. I don't know. The thing is, things just kind of like there was a series of, this is why I'm kind of thinking like maybe I actually won't ever see the light of day because like, the room got shifted and, you know, the people, it was funny that there's just a lot of things that happened behind the scenes that were just kind of like, oh, maybe we, maybe this won't go anywhere. Um, you know, the day of there was something wrong with the ventilation in the room. And so there's this loud, obnoxious, like humming noise. Um, the microphone didn't seem to be working quite right. Um, the stream that they had set up got reset when they were trying to fix the the ventilation and ruined the the stream but not the then the ventilation kept humming on and um you know so like i have no idea and the but the cool thing about it was and the reason that it doesn't really bother me in the end is because like i did this thing really because i was like okay like i have always wanted to do this like i've always wanted to give a uh ted a ted talk a tedx talk whatever um just seems like a really cool opportunity and the whole idea of the story too, you know, like the fact that I've never blown up, I've never gone viral, I don't have millions of followers, all that stuff. Um, it kind of proves the point in a way, in a really cool way, because like that is true that I think I'm like kind of closing a chapter in my life because I got done with the talk. When I rehearsed it the day before, I, I definitely choked for a minute. I had a good like 10 seconds, I'm sure, where I, it felt like a lot longer, but I had a good 10 seconds where I was like, what am I saying and I was like, oh, yeah, and then got back on track. And then I screwed up a lot. Like, uh, nobody would know because they didn't know the speech, but I think I skipped portions of it, and I, like, small portions where I forgot to say something or I got the order of things mixed up. Like, I just really screwed up, and which is okay because, like, I'd noticed that every time I changed backgrounds, like, I was changing locations of where I gave the speech to keep the challenge alive, and every time I changed directions I was looking or rooms or whatever – I would always screw up the first time and then the second time I would nail it. So I was like, oh, if I go rehearse it in the room, hopefully I solve for that and I'll be okay. Um, and so thankfully I rehearsed and I screwed up. I have that recorded. There's no humming in that. The audio probably isn't great, but I'm up. That's the one I'm thinking about posting on Patreon to let people see how, how badly I actually screwed up. And it might be the only version of it that actually lives on, unfortunately. Um, should have worn a microphone or something. But the reason that it doesn't really bother me that much is like I was saying was because I got up there the day of, I went, I had some friends that showed up thankfully to support me, which is great. They made the trek all the way out there. Um, I kept rehearsing all the way up until the moment that I actually went on stage pretty much. Um, and, and then I like, I nailed it, you know? Like I was nervous. My knees were kind of shaking at different parts. They were like trembling. I didn't know if anybody could see it, but I felt it. And, um, but like I was clear 
you know, like clear headed. Um, it wasn't my best performance. You know, I'm sure that I'd performed it better in, in a variety of rehearsals beforehand. Um, so not necessarily my best delivery, but like also at the same time, it was good. Like I don't, I didn't forget anything as far as I, I don't think I forgot anything. I, th I don't think I really screwed up too many of the phrasings. Like I really stuck to the script and like, you know, cause I really crafted something that I was proud of. And I think that when I got done with it, like I walked off and I felt like, yeah, I like I nailed that. That was good. And I, and I snuck into the back of the auditorium. I walked around um, the side and, you know, the doors were kind of creaked open. So we were able to sneak in. We weren't supposed to, but according like, but everybody was just kind of sneaking in and out. So I was like, all right. So they were like, yeah, go, just go ahead and sit in the back. So I went and I sat in the back because I wouldn't have been able to see it on the, de the, 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 the patchy stream they put together anyways in the end. Unfortunately they tried, um, but you couldn't hear anything from the stream that they were streaming into the green room. So I went and sat in the back while the last speaker spoke. And, um, and honestly, I just like, I just kind of like felt good. I just smiled. I was like, I was proud of myself. And I realized like I knew in the moment I was already like, I don't know that this is ever going to actually see the light of day. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I didn't, and I just, but I was just happy. Like, I was just like, you know, like for one, it was cool that, that my, at least I had some friends that got to see it. And, um, and the only, the only, th I'm just kind of sad that I won't be able to share it with my family. Um, but like, I was like, you know, how on the nose that like, here I am giving a talk to a room that also wasn't, wasn't that full because they planned it on like a holiday weekend without realizing it, I think. Um, and and I got up and I talked about how like you don't have to blow up to make it. You know, I got up and I talked about how like um, I'm really happy with where I've gotten to in life. And the odds are really good that like that's as far as this will ever go. And that's great. Like I'm, I'm really actually proud of myself just for doing this. Like I set out to do this talk to do a good job of it. I got up on stage like I worked really hard for this. I nailed it um, and I got off and that's it. Job done. It doesn't have to go anywhere. Nobody has to ever know about it. Like I haven't even posted about it on social media or anything yet because I, you know, it's not that it's not who cares. Obviously it's a really cool opportunity and, and I would like to be able to share it. And you know, it'd be really cool if it, if it actually um, became available, but I was really proud of myself because it was almost like a spiritual moment because when I sat in the back of that auditorium um, and just felt, and just felt the sense of accomplishment of having set out to do something that was really hard, that stretched me, that pushed my comfort, pushed me way beyond my comfort zone. Um, and memorized like it, the talk ended up being 17 minutes long. So it was like, I memorized a 17 minute long speech in a couple weeks that I had written like the week before. Um, I just was like, yeah, okay. I did it. And I was like proud of myself and I still am. And that's, that, and that's why it's like, that's good enough. Like that's all I really set out to do. That's all I really could ask for it from it. You know, it's like, I didn't choke. I managed to do the whole thing. I think really well. Um, and that can just be it. You know, like I could literally just go do that. And be done. And that's not where I've been for so much of my life. And that that's why it was kind of cool because like the in, you know, in relaying a lot of my story and a lot of the struggle, everything I did existed to serve a different purpose. You know, I was always looking to the future. I was always serving the future. So past Jay would have done this and been, I think, really disappointed. Um, if the talk never got out, because I think I would have been very much hoping that like it led to something else, you know? led to something bigger, got me closer to those bigger dreams. And I think what was cool about it, and I, I just noticed this while I was sitting there, was that I didn't feel that way when I was done. I didn't, I wasn't looking for it to do anything for me. I think that everything I was looking for it to do for me, it was done in the doing. You know, in, in actually just giving the talk successfully, just getting up on stage and giving the talk, like I had succeeded. That was it. That was the end of it. And... So in a funny way, like I was proud of myself for doing it, but I was almost more proud of myself for being proud of myself for doing it. And that would being it. I don't know how convoluted this is at this point, but like it was, it was just a really, really, it was just, it was, I don't know how profound or powerful it was, but it was like 
a really important moment for me. So that was really cool. Um, thank you if anybody from the Polytechnique uh, TEDx team is listening. Um, thank you for putting it on. Glad I was able to come. Um, I'm not, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just really grateful that I got to do it. So that was the TEDx experience. Um, yeah, I think I'll post, I'll post my, uh, my, 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 uh, I, I don't know. Should I let me know if you're, if you're a patron on the patron post of this, leave a comment. If you want to see the, the rehearsal where I choke, um, if that's actually something that's interesting, I think I'll share it. Cause I think it's, you know, it's cool to see someone choke. I think it's probably better if you also get to see me overcome that later, but like, maybe not, I don't know what's what, you know, it's just nice to know that, you know, we all struggle. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't know. Maybe we'll get lucky and we'll be able to see it. Maybe not. So that's that. Um, the new site is live for Paris in my pocket, which is exciting. Jeff and I launched that last night slash this morning. Um, really excited to see where that's going. And uh, I'm really excited to get moving. The app is just, you know, app development's really slow moving uh, as a process. And, uh, and so we'll just see where we get. The hope is to have uh, something a little bit more substantial by now as far as like the actual web app experience. But um, I think the cool thing is that it's just like, we're just, I think we, we kind of have taken a step back on like pushing it too far too fast because um, the re the realization, the recognition is that like a lot of my brand and a lot of like why people come to me for recommendations and so forth is because they trust me. And the last thing we really want to do is put something out that's janky or that doesn't represent the brand well, that doesn't represent me well, um, because we don't want to jeopardize that trust. So it's better if it comes out slower, um, because we'd rather have something, obviously it's going to need work when it comes out, it won't be perfect. And we're not aiming for perfect. We don't think that we're going to hit that out of the gate. We just want to get something that's like a little bit better than the PDF to start just to, and then we can grow from there. Um, so not, not, nothing wildly ambitious, but we do want to make sure that we're taking our time and that it, um, is, is at least representative of, of that relationship with, um, the audience. And so, um, that's kind of the main reason that it's taking longer. I think it's hard because Jeff's not full time on it yet. And that's the hope is that by the end of this year that we do well enough. I'm hoping with the 20 and 20 and with, a you know, some other pushes and so forth that like gets to a place where like we are earning enough that I can pay Jeff full time to, um, to work on it. Uh, app development's expensive, it turns out. So thankfully he's, he's, uh, he's not, not expensive yet, but he will be someday, hopefully. Um, so yeah, we're just taking our time because he, he, he can't work on it full time because he's, he's got to keep his other job going, um, at the, for the moment. So that's coming hopefully soon. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see how people are looking forward to it and talking about it. And I'm, very much looking forward to providing it. So that's good. Uh, yeah, just taking his time. And I'm really excited about the new site. It's very fast. It's really snappy. It's really simple. It's basically just one page. And then once you purchase the guide, uh, you know, basically it's like a landing page where, you know, it's just got kind of the same sales copy as the, the, the former Paris in my pocket website. You buy it, it takes you straight to a Stripe checkout. Once you paid for it, you get an email that says activate your account. You go, you activate your account. And then um, the download button is just right there. So anytime you go to Paris in my pocket, you, if you're logged in, you can just see it and download it. And that simplifies, a lot of people have had trouble, you know, with the timing of downloading the PDF and like the setup we have with Squarespace is pretty limiting. So hopefully this is a lot simpler, more straightforward. If you've already bought the guide, um, you, we, at some, once, once we're sure that the website is stable, then everything's working properly and we don't have any big problems. So we're doing this very quietly. So I'm talking about this a couple of days after to my patrons you will know about it. Very few other people will know. I'm not making a big deal about it until um, we're sure everything's stable. Once everything's really, really good and it's tested, we've seen people pr make purchases, it's okay. Um, then we will send, we'll basically do a batch import of all the people who have bought the guide in 2023. Um, and so everyone will get an email saying they can activate their account. And then when you click through, um, again, you'll just create a password and then you'll be able to download it whenever you want. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, 
And then, uh, yeah, and then from there, um, that account is what you'll use to access the web app or whatever else in the future. So really, really simple. And um, just making sure that you can, you have access to the PDF whenever you need it. If you lose it, if, you know, you're just not worried, you're just not sure where it is, whatever. That'll be really simple. Um, and then uh, we will grow it from there into something else. It's very exciting. The evolution will continue. So that's on its way. Um, to recap, this season of the uh, podcast has been mostly focused on the road to citizenship. Uh, and I've gotten to eat a bunch of cheese, talked to a bunch of friends about their, their experience becoming French, um, whether they've completed it or are on their way. Uh, a lot of exciting stuff. It's really, really cool to, to know that that's possible for me. Um, there are no updates for you, unfortunately, for my uh, bid for citizenship. I'm just waiting to get my um, interview. Once I have my interview, you know, uh, and then I have to wait and find out if I become French. So we'll make an update of some sort about that when, if and when that happens. But for now, I guess I kind of expect if... I expect to get a letter for my um, interview this summer. I would imagine I get it in the next couple of months and that the interview itself, I would also imagine would be some probably September. I doubt that it'll be in August because nobody works in August. Um, I'm hoping that it's not during my trip. I have a trip for a wedding. Um, I have a family member getting married and I'm uh, going to that wedding. It is the one wedding I'm going to. I was invited to a handful of other weddings. Um, thank you for inviting me, but I have had to really narrow things down, um, especially the travel and so forth. This year, with the focus on Paris, the, the, this, I mean, 2023 has been both for the podcast and just in life has been really focused on getting citizenship. Once that got as far as I could go with it, it's been focused on Paris. YouTube has been very focused on Paris and, um, you know, um, and it's been really good. I've been having a lot of fun with it. And yeah, it's been quite the year. It's been a lot of change happening all within um, a, a pretty short span so far. Um, so it's been, I, I, as far as a recap goes, we're just kind of halfway through this year is, um, not even getting close though. Um, but yeah, Paris focused has been a really good, it was a really good choice. Um, and I think that that is also kind of the way things are going to go in the future. That's also kind of like for the future side of things, that's one of the reasons I think that I might, I'm, it's good. I already said this earlier and I'm going to, you know, it's, it is good to definitely limit doing this podcast to um, one season a year just for my sanity. And so we'll see, we'll revisit the idea next year and see whether or not we keep going. But the benefit has been to stopping vlogging and stopping everything else that's like personal content has been that like, I kind of got to the end of like, where I felt I had a lot to offer. That's also why the Ted, the Ted talk thing was like really good book end of a chapter. Cause it's like, I've told that story in longer form in my book and obviously shared a lot of the anecdotes and the, the tumbles along the way just by vlogging and so forth. But sharing my life, pub, my, like my personal life um, publicly in that way as a form of content is something that I've definitely needed to stop for a long time. I think there's a part of me that would like to get back to it someday in the future. And I'm not saying that I won't get back to it. Like I like, I really enjoyed a lot of elements of vlogging and I really enjoyed a lot of elements of sharing my life, getting to express myself and kind of leave a record of, at least try to leave a record of who I thought I was, whether or not I did a good job of that. Um, but at the same time, uh, it's exhausting and there's there's just elements of it that I don't think are healthy that are potentially dangerous that are um, ones that I think require a little bit more reflection before diving back into. And I think it's just good to get a break from it because I think I ran out of any creative juice for it a long time ago and lost my desire to do it. I really didn't enjoy it as much anymore. I felt more stressed and more like I was really squeezing a very, very dry orange for just the last little bit of juice. And so the pivot to just focusing on Paris in my pocket and the Paris content has really been that is for one, it's an endless source of, of, of content. Like I can find lots and lots of useful information to share, 
maybe it doesn't go forever. Maybe it really is also just a, a seasonal thing. There is a limit to how much you really can, I guess, um, share in a lot of ways. So maybe it is not a forever thing either, but it's, it has helped me to differentiate myself from it and it no longer feels so personal. And I think one of the biggest stressors for making um, personal content was has been that it um, it's so closely related to me that it was really hard to, to separate them and make decisions like smart business or financial or even community decisions. Like how do I, how do I handle what I'm doing as a job when it's my identity and setting boundaries, like not responding to messages, not even looking at my DMS anymore. Um, you know, like handing off my emails and so forth. Um, like just kind of building healthy space that I think if you're building any other business would just make easy sense when it's about you and it's yourself, like it really makes it a lot harder to do all that stuff. And so it's been really refreshing to be able to like try to professionalize and trying to, um, to, to build a healthy space between myself and what it is that I do for a living. Um, it's been really good. And I think we will continue to do that. And then we see how we, I re-engage with it in the future. So like if I were to stop doing this podcast, for example, part of the reason is to build space for other possibilities. Like do we do a Paris in My Pocket podcast, something that we've talked about? Do we, you know, host some events here in Paris? Do we just, it, it opens up a lot more space. All these things that I say no to mean I can say yes to other things. And I can't say yes to a lot of things if I'm saying yes to too many things. So I'm learning and, and applying that more and more, actually saying no to more and more stuff. You know, and the, the, you know, the more that things go well, the more opportunities pop up and the more I need to say no to stuff. I almost said no to the TEDx talk for this very reason. So it's like, okay, I need to say no to the vast majority of things. And then we can say, but what makes the most sense? What would be the most fun? What would um, offer the most value? You know, how are we going to help people have the best time in Paris possible? How are we going to help people get off on the right foot and really enjoy themselves? Um, you know, how do we, how do we just do the best job of this that we can? And, um, it's been really hard to let go of the personal stuff because it is the horse that got me here. But just cause you rode a horse to someone's house doesn't mean you ride the horse inside the house, right? We're at a different stage in the journey and it's time to get off the horse and walk inside on my own legs, I guess, in this analogy. Um, and so with that, yeah, just kind of I'm I'm open-handed with uh with how the rest of this year and next year goes. Like I'm not 100% saying I'm not going to continue garage monologues, but I'm definitely wanting to be open and honest about the fact that I might not. Um and it's not it's not just because I'm taking something away so much as because I would, it means that it gives me the space to add more and to do well, to add the right things. Um and the more that I can, you know, build up my team and so forth, the more that I can dedicate my own time and energy towards the things I'm good at and, uh, and stop burning all that time and energy on the things that are much more of a struggle for me just to keep the lights on and people fed. I don't really feel too much pressure on that front. Thankfully right now, don't feel too much stress, but yeah, you add, add people to your team and all of a sudden you're responsible for the livelihoods of other humans. And it adds a level of seriousness to things for sure. So that's kind of what might happen. I think I'm good. The 2020 is like, we're cranking away at that. The goal is to get all of those filmed before I leave for this wedding this summer. Um, so that like, I actually want to take like a four month break from act, touching a video camera. Like I don't want to make any videos for a while so that I can let my brain rest. Um, and I want to get creative bored and like come back uh, with some fun new stuff to do, uh, especially with the Olympics approaching and stuff. Like I'm just not sure how to, approach the next chapter. So I want to, I want to really, uh, give myself some space. So releasing 20 videos over 20 weeks should give us that time. And there'll be a couple other things we make. Um, there'll be some fun stuff to come out. So that's exciting. Um, but then yeah, taking some time away from making videos will also give me time to get better organized. Like there's a lot of business admin stuff to do. There's a lot of tax stuff to do. Hooray. Um, you know, just team development, like just making things hopefully run a little bit smoother and, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of other work to do that I think will be good because I'm, I'm excited to do it. And as we do it, I'll get bored with it. 
And then hopefully that boredom translates into some creative bursts. And then we're really, really ready to hit the ground running with the video production on the other side. So that's, that's pretty exciting. So yeah. And also I, I want to take like September off entirely. Uh, I haven't taken, um, much time off and I live in a country where everybody gets like five or six weeks of vacation and I never take vacation. So I'm going to try and actually take vacation and not feel guilty about it. Um, and so that's my plan. We'll see. Uh, and then we'll just see how the app development comes along and where we end up from here. There's a lot of just, it's just cool. There's a lot of great stuff to go. So I think that's why when I was saying we like the, the TEDx talk felt like kind of the close of a chapter in a way is it really feels like a really good bookend to the personal storytelling. Again, like there's a lot of room for that in the future, maybe with public speaking or something where like I can still share my own story and I can still, you know, um, it's not like I'm never going to talk about myself again. Um, but yeah, I'm just done with that for, for content. I don't want to, I, I have my own issues with like content creation and the way that our society functions around all of this stuff right now anyways. And I think it's, there's a lot of unhealth. I don't know if you can hear Cooper whimpering. He's like, I don't know what his, he's just lying here in my arms making weird noises because he's, he's speaking of boredom. He's bored with me right now. Maybe I should wrap this up. Uh, maybe that's what he's telling me. But um, I don't know. It feels really good. I feel like really, I feel actually kind of like oddly stable and secure because um, I've never felt stable or secure in my entire life. I've never felt safe, I've realized. And, um, and that's changing. And I'm grateful for it. You can stop that. I'm just going to go ahead and put the dog on the ground behind me because he's just going to keep making weird whimpery noises right by the microphone otherwise odd little creature odd odd little creature um anyways i just um yeah i feel really i do feel really good there's a lot there's a lot still to go lots of growth left i have lots of things still to deal with i am still going to keep going to therapy don't you worry um but I think this is just a really cool moment to take stock of the fact that like um, that I have made it. Uh, and like I was saying, that doesn't mean that there aren't things that I want. doesn't mean that there aren't things that I'm looking forward to and that I'm building towards. But I'm so grateful to be where I am today. And that is enough. I'm really, really grateful for that. I'm really grateful that you're here, that you listened to a 45-minute-plus podcast just to hear how I'm doing. And I think that's also been the hardest thing about letting go in a way is like I always want to make sure that you know how much I appreciate it. I'm so lucky to have the audience that I do have and the patrons that I have who have come along for this very personal journey that um, that it's been a ride and I have no idea how I got here in so many ways, but I do know that it's by the grace of the community that has formed around my strange and sometimes painful journey. And I don't want to minimize that. And that's been the hardest part about letting go, honestly, um, of the personal stuff has been over the last few years, even though we've all known it's coming. A lot of you have been telling me to do it for years. So I know that there's support within the community. I know that it's not, it's not like people are expecting me to bear my soul. Um, any more than I already have. Um, but for me personally, I think the reason that it has been a struggle is I just want you to know that uh, how much I really appreciate you, how much I really appreciate everybody that's even taking the time to listen to this podcast. It's a very small group of people, but a very uh, intense and important group of people. And um, and so in letting this go, I'm not letting you go. I'm just letting go of an old medium of communication and embracing a new one and we'll be in it together nonetheless and hopefully in like a little bit more of a healthy and uh and uh generally palatable way but also like just really grateful for all of the there's so many good memories so many amazing comments i've met some amazing people and the generosity that's been shown to me um you guys featured in that in that uh TEDx talk, even if you never get to hear it, which will at least give you the, the crappy version and then you can imagine what the better version sounded like. <laughs> so yeah, thank you. Thank you very much.
Thank, thank you so much because like without you, none of this would have been possible and I would still be building furniture for staging houses in Spokane or something instead of contributing like I get to do from here. Um, nothing wrong with building that furniture, but I don't know that it was really what I was meant to be doing long term. So I'm grateful that I get to be here and uh, and helping people have a better time in Paris. So what, who know? I did not know that I was going to end up here. I can tell you that much. And I'm really grateful that I have. So anyways, I'm now I'm just rambling, uh, which I suppose is partially what you've come to expect from these monologues. So thanks for listening. Thanks again for enabling me to do this. Hopefully made it this far into the episode. And, um, I think I need to go put water in Cooper's bowl. I think he's out of water and he's expecting me to come give him more. I can tell by the sounds I'm hearing behind me. Uh, so yeah, that'll do it. Thanks for listening to Garage Monologues. If this is the last episode ever, it was really fun. I'm really glad to do three seasons of it. And um, I think I'm proud of it and I've had a really good time with it. And uh, it's done exactly what I wanted it to do, which is just keep this connection alive until I could get to the end of this chapter of my life. If it comes back, I look forward to seeing what it looks like then. Um, and... Either way, I'll see you on YouTube. I'll see you on Patreon. I will see you in the comments. And we're going to make a lot of really fun videos and have some really good times. And maybe even, maybe, maybe try to throw a New Year's Eve party in this city one of these years. Because the New Year's Eve party scene here sucks. So I want to try and add a little bit of something as we go as well. So I guess that's it. I will see you over on YouTube. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Sonny Greenwich Jr. Uh, for making the theme to this podcast as well. I've loved the theme. Hope you've loved it as well. Uh, I really appreciate it. I'm going to actually just play it in its entirety one last time here at the end. And I will then, again, see you over on YouTube. Adios. Wants in it.